Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode number, oh dang, Ken made me switch off the show notes page, uh, 493, uh, being recorded March 28th, 2018. I'm Alan Malventano. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. And we're missing our fearless leader again. Still. I'm not actually even sure where he is this time. Um, but he's off doing Maybe. some stuff. Yeah, told you you should have put that GPS tracker on him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just he's, he's off looking at four hundred thousand dollars servers and stuff. Oh, okay, that makes that a golden sparkly. Golden sparkly? Is he gonna like stick one under his coat? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're doing the PC Perspective podcast again. Another week, another podcast. Um, PCPro.com slash podcast is where you can find us, or just PCPro.com. And you can find the boss who cannot be found at uh, Twitter.com slash Ryan Trout. Or we got a Twitter for the main site, uh, Twitter.com slash PCPer. Um, you can subscribe to our mailing list to know when we're going to do events like these. Ken was excellent, and I saw that he sent out the email. I remembered. You remembered. Uh, for some reason, when, when Ryan is here, somehow we always seem to forget. Um, but, you know. Ryan's the one that usually sends them. Oh, oh well, then, well, then <laughs> that would be why. Maybe that explains why. <laughs> okay. Um, it's uh, pcpro.com slash subscribe. Uh, give us a name and an email address, and we'll, uh, you'll be on our little blast that goes out before we do either this podcast or other uh, live streaming events uh, that we haven't had one in a while. Like, Not a whole lot's been happening these yeah, days. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But... You know, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll happen again in the future, at some point. Um, Patreon.com/slash/pcper is where you can come and see our Patreon page and hopefully uh, kick in a little bit of coin to us and help us like keep the lights on and pay the bills. I'm offended. I'm, keep, what? Well, look, you guys have cut me out of the entire damn thing. What do you mean? You're in the. I'm looking right at you. Hey, at least you're in there. We, we're hoping you take the hint, Josh. Oh, oh just I know. We'll bring over the frame every week until you're out of it. I mean, then, you're on my screen yeah, over yes. here. So that's okay. It just. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry. Sorry. We're just. We're just. Oh, kind of, we're just <laughs> kind of trying to scoot you out of the frame slowly, and eventually you'll be in the basement with my stapler. With your stapler. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else did we have that has, uh, gone on, uh, PC per mailbag number 36, uh, which, wait a minute. Oh, Jim posted it. I thought that meant that Josh or that, uh, Jim also did a mailbag in addition to hosting the podcast last week. That would have been pretty nuts. Uh, but instead we get to see, uh, old Baldy there. Oh, Baldy. <laughs> you know what's the, the best part about that? <laughs> Just the top. Uh, <laughs> Here thanks, we go. Appreciate there, it. There. Sorry. Um, yeah, so Josh, yeah, the that, that was, uh, what, uh, four hours after you recorded that was when the uh, when the drunk broke into the house? Excuse me? You didn't hear that? Uh, no. No, I so, didn't. So, yeah, I recorded it on Wednesday night after the podcast. I was feeling pretty good. And... Uh, <laughs> Went upstairs, went to bed, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, my wife shaking me and yelling, there's someone in the house. And I'm like, bullshit. We have teenagers, no- duh. And my dog's going crazy. So I was like, yeah, maybe, but who knows. We had a raccoon break in, you know, some years back. But So I go run downstairs, and I turn on the lights, and there's a guy sitting in my kitchen. And I was like, well, 
<laughs> what? There is somebody in the house. And uh, he uh, just sat there and he looked at me really blankly. I was like, how are you? He's like, is this Fifth Street? It's like, nope, it's not. So apparently uh, this guy uh, goes to the bars, gets really drunk, and then he gets into other people's houses. He gets lost and just chooses one and tries to get inside, and he did. So I, I guess I guess your door was unlocked? Uh, the back door was not locked, apparently. But wow. now it, it was a crappy door anyway, and so, I mean, you could have just Opened pushed it through anyway. it anyhow, and who knows. But uh, we have a new back door and new locks. So after he realized yeah. that uh, it was, in fact, not Fifth Street. Um, it was, uh, well, I, I mean, he was just so drunk. And he wasn't violent. So what did you do? just pour him down him? the front porch or what? Like, what What's happened? That? Did you have to pour him down the front porch? Or, or did no, you, like, no, no. coffee he, he or what? Up, he had, like, gotten into our garbage and threw garbage everywhere around our kitchen. And uh, he was, he was, he took his shoes off. I only could find one shoe. <laughs> Um, my wife was right behind me when I turned on the light. And as soon as she saw him, she ran back upstairs and, uh, got the kids, got him into a room, called the police. And so by the time I got to the guy to the front door, I saw the lights outside and I just opened the door and they came in. And the guy, the one cop looked at me, he's like, dude, this is the third time this month you've done this. Oh, seriously? (laughs) You know, uh, Wyoming, a state where I'm sure no one's armed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's amazing that he has not been shot. Yeah. So they walk in. It's like Jake. You can't keep doing this, man. Come on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's like uh, what Mayberry, where the the town drunk would, you just go into the go into the the jail by himself, <laughs> let himself out when he sobered up. But yeah, that was uh, that was real exciting. Uh, uh, it was yeah. an interesting time. Yeah. Well, and there I'm just I'm just in my boxers. Talking to this guy, he smelled horrible. He was just passing gas the entire. I don't know. He probably soiled himself. I swore that he went to the bathroom somewhere in the kitchen, but we never found anything. It was just it, it, he was so drunk. It was amazing. And right. he just looked at me. He's like, "Don't send me to jail." It's like it's not my call, buddy. Uh, yeah. Wow. So yeah, fun and exciting <laughs> times. Okay, so uh, everybody, go to that Patreon because Josh needs a new back door. I do. Apparently. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, you did a mailbag before <laughs> before that happened. Uh, you did a mailbag. Uh, it looks like an interesting one based on the questions. Um, so, uh, yeah, everybody uh, check that out. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll get into the week of review. I don't know how to follow up a drunken Josh's kitchen with anything here, but... Um, with a hot dog yeah. down the hallway? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the most common question that everybody has asked, well, not everybody, but quite a few, is, well, did you shoot him? That and seems to be a hot topic no. lately. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to ruin some 22-year-old kid's life just because he's drunk and... He was 22? Okay. Well, he looked 22, 23. You're changing the image in my mind now, because I was thinking, you know, some old drunkard. No, nope, no, he's a young, no, well-dressed kid who just apparently has a problem. All right. Yeah. Well, let's hope he uh, gets better. Okay. Uh, so Ken did a thing. A right. good thing or a bad thing? Right, Ken? Uh, well, I mean, it looks like an okay thing. Uh, Dell XPS 13 uh, model... 9370, which is 2018 model. I would hope you're reviewing a 2018 model laptop in the middle of 2018 almost. 
Well, you never know. Like, laptop comes out at the beginning of or end of last year. We might get our hands on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, it still looks nice. Yeah. So the Xperia 13 is a laptop we talk a lot about. It's kind of been the benchmark for a really good modern ultrabook since they introduced the modern redesign and what was that like 2015 i remember ces 2015 yeah ces when we like we got our hands on the prototype and we're like oh man like look at those bezels this thing's awesome and i pulled out my 11 inch macbook air and it was actually smaller than it and had a 13 inch display yeah oh yeah it's kind of spoiled ever since it was was pretty sobering yeah uh, pretty sobering moment there and like ryan immediately was like where do i get one and when can i order it and (laughs) yeah you know so this is kind of the first major redesign. They've done some subtle redesigns over the years with it, but this is sort of the first time they've rethought the entire chassis. If, if you scroll up a little bit, you can see down the comparison photo to the late so, yeah, 2017 XPS 13. Okay, just so, how much thickness they shaved off this thing. What's with the what, like that plate on the back? Is that like a is that part of the plate on the back? Well, it's hanging. Off the edge. Oh there. yeah, the the back hinge kind of hangs a little bit. There's like a divot when you open it. Oh, the hit. okay. Hinge kind of has clearance. Huh. Yeah, but so they've moved to all Type C ports on this thing, which is obviously a controversial topic, but it really allows them to knock a lot of th- thinness off the laptop. They do put in a micro SD slot, which is nice, a good touch. And Apple doesn't put any sort of SD card slot. Uh, we have two Thunderbolt 3, one USB 3.1 Gen 1 ports. You can charge from all of them, which is nice. They include a Type-C charger, of course. Does it come with any adapters? It does. It comes with one dumb USB-C type, to Type-C to type a? a adapter. And oh. Dell's been doing this for a couple of laptops where they've done USB-C only or had USB-C ports. And I think it's the best move. It, they're the friendliest person in the industry when it comes to this. They've been including those adapters. I have a couple of them around now from... Yeah. The Dell machines and just like, give me the bare minimum if you're going to put only Type C on this laptop. Let me plug in a thumb drive, right? When I need to. Okay. And one assumes this charges through uh, USB three, yeah, or USB C, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, naturally. Yeah. I would hope. Because you're not going to fit a power plug in Oh, darn it. It's the -the up-the-nose webcam. Yeah, so they moved the webcam from the lower left-hand corner where it has been on the XPS 13 to the middle where where we saw it on the XPS 13 2-in-1 last year, which was the Core M variant. (laughs) There it is, up-the-nose. And with the fingers. The placement still sucks. I think it's completely unusable for any sort of web calling. However, it's now a Windows Hello camera, so it allows for the face-enabled login, and that works great. It works perfectly. I think it actually redeems putting a webcam on this machine. Whereas if they were just kept with a single stereo camera and moved it to the center, it's like, why even bother? Just omit it, save the $10 in bill material costs, and pass it on to me at that point. It's like, I don't even want to try to use the webcam on the previous XPS 13. Yeah. Hardware-wise, we're talking 8th gen core processors. Uh, It's actually interesting because Dell released a version of the 9360, which was the 2017 version, like a mid-cycle upgrade when the 8th gen processors came out. So this isn't the first XPS 13 with the quad-core U-series parts. Okay. Which actually comes into a pretty interesting comparison if we sort of move on to performance. The next uh, page. Let me, let me find the... Oh, wait. There's the guts. It's a massive battery. What is it? 52 watt yes. hours? That's, that's really good for an Ultrabook. I don't think it's quite the largest we've seen but it's like the second or third 
Oh, and this is their laptop with the gore thermal insulation that they like oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. talk about. Uh, did, were we able to find where that was? I'm not quite sure where it is. I think it's actually on the lid. I didn't take a photo of that. Yeah, it's like yeah. thin insulation on the lid. And they say that it... It really is very thin, whatever yeah. it is. It's not Which like... Makes sense. trying to find the RAM. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so where do you want me to jump to here? Uh, here's good. So... We compare the performance between – we've looked at a lot of these 8th gen laptops now and now we have the Ryzen R5-2500U, which is sort of AMD's modern competing part. There's a lot of comparisons we can make. However, I think the most interesting one is, as I alluded to, to the previous XPS 13, the 9360, which we also had the i7-8550U in it. And a look at the difference in the multi-threaded score there. Uh Yeah. It's insane. That's a pretty big bump. It's like 20%. Yeah. This is absolutely the fastest 8th gen laptop we've looked at by a decent margin. So if, mm. you, if you go down to the next tests, you see a handbrake. It's got a pretty good lead on both uh, this pure CPU bound and even the quick sync accelerated encoding. Yep. This is a lower is better chart yeah, here. It's time. Yep. Time to completion. <laughs> uh pc mark uh pc mark it's not the greatest uh which if you scroll down you'll we can talk about has pretty middling storage performance which is why the pc mark score isn't as high it doesn't have sort of the best nvme ssd we've ever seen and this is this is the one that we saw that was doing the weird limiting stuff that maybe you can talk to a little bit yeah it's a an an, an xg5 um which is like a well, I don't want to say OCC. I mean, it's Toshiba proper makes it, um, but it's uh, OEM specific SSD. It's not meant to be a retail part. And it looks like in this case that, uh, you know, one of the things with the XG5 was that OEMs can coordinate with Toshiba and get them to dial th- things back if they wanted to. In other words, if they wanted the thermal envelope of the drive to be, you know, uh, you know, m- make it uh, produce less heat or consume less power for whatever reason. They could do that, and uh, most of the power on an SSD is consumed during writes. Obviously, something's going on here because I'm pretty sure this drive can do better than 500 meg per second writes uh, natively. Yeah, so I, I know we've, we've you've tested the bare drives in the past. Yeah, and they've done better than that. I'm yeah. pretty sure. While so. while I think some sort of throttling is fine, I think this is going a little too far. Well, this isn't so much throttling. Like it's not like it. Well, sure. It's not like it immediately pulls back because it got too yeah, hot. It's throttling just, it's, is the wrong word. It's just going slower so that it never gets hot. Yeah, enough, like a, so. like a like a hardware limit, like a software limiter. Yeah, yeah. I, I think five hundred is a bit low for that. I think you could come up with a decent amount of use cases where you could do more than five hundred megs per second, right? Maybe yeah. you can't do more than a gig a second, right? And you keep it further up towards that. But I think five hundred is pretty conservative on that. Like if you if you plug in a a pretty fast usb3 ssd you can, you can you hit can 500 yeah which i guess the argument is how long you're going to be doing that on 256 gig or 512 gig ssd also a good argument really matter but for a flag dell's flagship consumer laptop it's disappointing to see this sort of performance in it i think yeah kind of is a mar against the rest of the crowd the crowd Okay, uh, battery life. Battery uh, life is pretty great as always. Well, yeah, it's had a huge battery yeah, on this. Just thing. about eight and a quarter hours on the fifty-one hour watt hour, fifty-two watt hour battery. The uh, ninety-three sixty, the last gen one, got a little bit better, but I think that's just kind of maybe a little run-to-run variance between the two. Not entirely sure on that, but eight hours is is pretty great at this point yeah. for an ultrabook. 
we don't see many above it. Okay. Uh, pricing? Pricing's about what you expected. They sent us a $1,900 configuration, but that was the completely maxed out 4K version with 16 gigs of RAM and 512 gig SSD. The Where I would aim is the 1080p screen, so you actually get a little bit of battery life gain over the 4K. Yep. The i5 H250U, which you won't see that much performance hit. I think 8 gigs of RAM is good for most people on laptops. There are a lot of people that argue that against me. Let's say you need no, 16. I think, I think it's okay, unless you're really like... If you if you need the sixteen, you probably know the reason yeah. why you need the sixteen, right? And and, I, and just because you open up Task Manager in Windows when you have sixteen gigs of RAM and it's using a lot of RAM doesn't mean that you need sixteen gigs of RAM, right? Like yeah. Windows now will really use a lot, use almost as much. It'll, as you it'll get use it whatever you get it, yeah. With all those weird background processes, and a two fifty six SSD is twelve hundred bucks. Okay, new, yeah, which, that's, which that's is a pretty good. Price. Yeah, uh, I mean Dell laptops, you can usually catch some sales on from some third-party people and their the Dow outlet is pretty awesome i don't know if i've quite seen these on there yet but i imagine a couple months to be on there it's it's a really good laptop sweet it's kind of been it's my bar for this thin and light category i can't find anything better okay high praise from the man who enjoys a small laptop would recommend yep uh, next up, uh, Noctua CPU cooler, NH-L9A AM4. Oh, gee, I wonder what kind of CPU this is for. Uh, Mori reviewed it. Uh, I assume it's an AM4 CPU cooler. You are correct, sir. Looks like it. Uh, 40 bucks. Um, it's definitely one of the slim ones that's meant to be, like, super low profile, like, get the thing as low as you can. To the point where it uses a rear entrance. Um, <laughs> so you see the mounting clips there. I do. Notice how they're completely covered by the heat sink. Uh, they are. So how the heck so does that get So you mounted? come up through the back of the board. Huh. Yeah. I, I think we've actually used, a couple of years ago, the AM3 version of this. Yeah. They, they yeah, make an it's, Intel it's, version too, but I think it was specifically the AM3 version we used. All right. So they got, they got heat pipes. It's basically everything sitting flat. It's like pancaked on there. Yeah. There's a little bit of a gap between it and the motherboard. And then how, where is like the actual, oh, so the, wow, that is compact. Yeah, so you you got to have the board <laughs> completely out, yeah. line it up, which I can imagine is a very easy process to keep it completely lined and not <laughs> twisted while you're screwing it in from the back of the board. From what I remember, it was actually surprisingly good. I, I yeah. will have to see what Maury's experiences were in this review, but it was it wasn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, you figure yeah. you're putting this on a mini ITX board before you put it in your really small case. Oh, absolutely! Because there's absolutely no way you're going to do it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty much everything. Has I like to be how it doesn't him. impinge on the GPU at all. <laughs> uh, it doesn't impinge on anything. I think the um, <laughs> shield over the I/O is taller than the damn thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, that is uh, that's definitely a compact. Compact cooler. All right. Uh, so, did he do like comparisons against? Yep. There's the bottom plate. I mean, it's kind of like it's almost a simpler install than most modern heatsinks if you think about it, because you're just yeah. screwing four screws. You're not screwing in adapter screws, so you can have another screw cap yeah. that goes yeah, over. Yeah, the four it. screws is usually you attaching the bracket. Yeah, in which then, you attach studs to, and then yeah. more screws. Right. In this case, you attach the bracket, you're done, because yes. it was on the other side. Hopefully with thermal paste. Um, 
All right, so how did uh, how did I compare with other cores? Now, there's not a lot of surface area on this guy, so I would imagine, uh, yes, load temperatures were the highest among <laughs> the other cores he compared yeah. to. Okay, so I mean, you know, you're that's the price you pay for having a super super slim and tiny core. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd you're, actually like you're to see purchasing this, this for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I like to see this compared to like the modern. AMD sock coolers that are really good at this point, like the Wraith Max and stuff like that. I imagine the Wraith is probably a bitter, bit of a better performer than this. It's obviously got more Z height, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I mean, it was reasonably quiet. Um, you know, which also, naturally, like, the quieter the core will be, the, it generally will not be able to uh, cool as well as louder coolers, usually. Um, I mean, it doesn't look bad. Like, you know, overall, yeah, CPU runs a little bit warmer, but if you're trying to build the super tiny form factor machine, you're not necessarily going to be trying to get, you know, crazy desktop level performance out of it at the same time. Or if you are, then you're willing to deal with the CPU just running a little bit hotter. I, I think you know if you need this cooler already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do yeah. some special build where you know you have, you know, centimeters to work with. As far as uh, height, although one of the pictures where he had it, it was like the DRAM was taller. Yeah, that was pretty high profile DRAM. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Cool. Looks like he was generally impressed, and yeah, I mean it's only forty bucks. Not bad. Probably the cheapest seating Noctua makes. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's it's because you're getting a much smaller fan, and you don't have to <laughs> scales nicely. Yeah. Yeah. They pay. You know. You have to actually. Like their 100 and, uh, 140 millimeter fans from them were like 20 bucks. Yeah. And this whole cooler is like <laughs> 40. All right. Uh, now we roll into the news. Uh, might as well go for the big one right literally. off the bat. Uh, literally. Uh, NVIDIA announces DGX2 with 16 GV100s and 800 gigabit NICs. That's it? The, yeah, that's, that's all. That's all they managed to get more. in there. Um, am I it only weighs 350 pounds. And it takes 10 kilowatts. So, so there's, a, there's a GPU, and then they take some more GPUs, and then you connect them all together with NVLink, and you like now they're all, you know, sort of like one big GPU. This is a DGX1. <laughs> yep. And then as I assume more is going to happen here, hopefully. Come on, video. All right. So uh, they made this NV switch thing. Which this is new for this, right? Like this, yeah. this uh, switched method, the means of attachment. Uh, so you know they're just. So what do we know about this NV switch stuff, Josh? I kind of zoned out on that part of the presentation. Um, isn't it uh, NV Link Two? But it's it's a it's a switching. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's acting networking. I mean, it's acting so like it's, uh, it's acting like the backbone of a network switch. Like if you have a network yeah, switch, yeah. you know, the the internal bandwidth of the switch is way higher than any of the individual ports. So, you know, you're trying to do something similar. Yeah. Um just with GPUs instead of network uh, you know, network ports. Um what do we have a good picture of the I thought there was a picture floating around. I guess we didn't have it in this post. Yeah, I think that was just a photo that Ryan sent to the group. Oh. Well, we'll have some more 
like better pictures of yeah. of a, a a mock-up or i don't know if that was final I final hardware. probably pretty final it's probably like operating yeah. but yeah. uh so this the thing idea, is insane I wanna, I do, let yeah. me ask this um did they actually integrate the power supplies into that, or is there some really interesting way of hooking it you know, up to an external? I don't actually know. Oh, uh, let's that. see here. Because um, 10 kilowatts is not going to be It doesn't really small. look like it has any sort of power. It must have an external connection that it has to get plugged into. Um. Yeah, Wireless 10 kilowatts on a single power. device, there might be, like, a custom power supply. Well, a couple of custom power supplies for that. Huh. Because that's an awful lot for, you know, if you want if you want to have failover in power, like servers typically have <laughs> dual power supplies yeah. in them, right? Uh, well, no one power supply is going to be able to handle that if the other one fails. So you're going to need something special. Um, huh, that's an interesting question to ask them. Yeah, yeah. Probably just, could just be like a brick of like, you know, 10 or 16 or something server PSUs, because a lot of what's going to drive that is like 12 volts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so it probably would, would work very much like server, because server PSUs are just 12 volt out. Yeah. And then if you, you know, the, within the system, there's, there's a converter that gives you the other, you know, the 3.3 and the 5. Interesting. Uh, so, so, so Jensen kept referring to this as the big, the world's biggest GPU. Which is yeah, just, he's he, trying to call he, it one he, GPU, right? He even called it an add-in card at some point. I don't know if he, I think he might have slipped up when he said that, but he called it an add-in card. That is not. <laughs> That's an not the case. Card. It's got two Xeons in it. It's not a GPU. It's a computer. It's a server. Uh, yeah. Was it a different post we had where we had prices and stuff like that? Or was this just $400,000? Well, it was the one. That, yeah, they yep. originally said $1.5 million, but we're not, but we're not going to do that. Three ninety nine. Uh, yeah. We could charge you $1.5 million yeah. and you'd still buy it. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's definitely a cool like, technological marvel almost. I got to wonder like, how loud that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's no war. There's no telling. Yeah, we're dissipating some serious heat. Yeah, although if it's large enough and it has a you know big enough surface area there, it might be reasonable. All right. Well, oh, maybe. Francois uh, in the chat is saying that there's a cabinet provided with it that has PDU. Oh, like it has a uh, cabinet. It's like, it's like a rack. Yeah. Or like yeah, a drawer. They, they did show like an image of a, of a data center where they went from a bunch of racks to one rack with sort of this racked in the middle. And that must be like the actual rack they're shipping with it with okay. power delivery and stuff. Sweet. Uh, well, we'll have probably have some more detail and some more pictures on that for uh, next week's podcast, I would imagine. Uh, because we're going to be back. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. You right say that, but well, yeah. I mean, we're 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 not sure yet. Um, also, uh, GTC uh, Nvidia announces Volta powered Quadro GV one hundred. Uh, so this one's not four hundred thousand dollars. It's getting pretty damn close. <clears throat> um, nine grand. Nine grand for one card. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's 18 grand right there. Just, uh, yeah. During the keynote, Jensen pitched this as like a 
as a dual card solution, which is interesting and kind of implied that you could only get it like in a sort of dual card form factor from system integrators, but they're selling them on their website in single card variations now. So that must just been kind of their push. But you can only buy five. Oh, only five. (laughs) Yeah. Only five (laughs) for $9,000. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had an interesting push in the keynote around using this with NVIDIA RTX, which is a real time, ray tracing stuff they talked about at gdc but this time for professional applications yeah and i did a little digging into this and uh there are actually a couple of applications like v-ray which is a very popular plug-in renderer for like revit and uh rhino and and cat applications like that they have their version called v-ray next for 3d studio max that's already starting to support some of this technology so now you actually have quadro level hardware to support it and this should be the first time we see Sort of the certified Quadro code paths and optimizations they do for professional applications with Volta. It'd be interesting and be interesting to see if they backport those back to Titan V like they did with uh, Quadro GP100 and the Titan XP, mm. which would be a nice benefit to consumers. But with the uh, price difference, it kind of seems like maybe they'd hold off a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well what's cool. nice about them is they use the NV link. Two oh yeah over the over the over the top type bridge, I think it's like two channels of that yeah uh, and uh, so yeah it's super super high low latency and high bandwidth yeah the if you when we took apart the Titan V we actually saw the NV Link edge connectors but it's not surfaced like the shroud covers shroud and back cover the edge connectors and there's obviously no software support. So, like Josh said, this will be the first time you see NVLink support, at least for Volta, in sort of a workstation form factor with video outputs instead of a Tesla. Mm. Which is mm. an interesting point. I'm not really sure how much, you know, how much it matters ultimately. Boy, you know, they, they just, they dominate the workstation <laughs> graphics card market. Yep. And yeah. here... You can have both of these for only eighteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We'll give you the privilege of buying these for only eighteen. But the gold, hide it yeah. in petty cash. Your Nvidia, boss will never notice. Video likes yep. gold these days. Yeah, yeah, a little bit like a washed out wrapper. <laughs> okay, uh, next up, um, Corsair is just a, is this just IQ? Yes. Okay, Get and it. it's not a Spike Lee joint; it's a Corsair interface. Um. Okay. So it's just for their. Did we all skip their the Vive? Uh, I must have forgot to take that out of the rundown. This now. Oh, I can't. This week. I think remember that was last week. week from last week. It's rough. I see. Still eight hundred dollars for that set only. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Recapping. Yeah, still a ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Still too. Still too rich for my blood. Uh, okay. Uh, Corsair announced early access to their IQ RGB control software. Um, so that's their, I forget what the old name of their keyboard software was. Q. Was it? Q. Yeah. Okay. The, um, the best I can tell, this is sort of integrating both Q and Corsair link. I'm not entirely sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Okay. You got it in one. Yeah. So you look at the top picture and yeah, you can see the, the keyboard and all the fancy lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. You scroll down and here is your, what used to be the link. Okay. So you get your CPU. You can control your uh, pump speeds, monitor temperatures. Uh, of course, you know add the RGBs to that as well. And 
they've sort of tied this in with Far Cry 5. So as long as you've got a serious RGB addiction and you've blown <laughs> at least 150 bucks on Corsair RGB stuff, you get Far Cry 5 for free and you get 30-some uh, profiles which will match your Far Cry 5 experience. Ah-ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> well, Restart now! No. Uh, so as you're playing the game, your, your lighting is supposed to change depending on what area you're in. If that's... You know, the sort of thing that you're into. Okay. The, I mean, it's an interesting idea. The video of it was pretty cool that I saw. Like, yeah. the video of the screenshot. It was, it, it's neat. I would never really want to play that way with, like, all that bias lighting, essentially. But really into RGB. That <laughs> might be fun. The, the as idea long as there's, unifying. like, a single switch to kill all RGB <laughs> at once. Never. In one fell swoop. I, I might take that. Never. <laughs> Go through all the trouble installing that software. Just be able to... <laughs> Click, click one button. Just like, turn it all off. Now. It's really good they're unifying these two softwares because, well, <laughs> to put it bluntly, they've both been two mediocre pieces of software. So at least yeah, so now you only have to one, sell one mediocre one piece, of piece of software <laughs> that maybe can get better. They, they both come a long way and have gained some functionality. But like Coursera Link, it feels like it hasn't been touched in years and was actually it's actually very difficult to find on their website last time i looked oh really you had to really dig to find it so (laughs) maybe this will help okay uh oh i know ken's gonna be happy about this pi foundation releases refreshed 35 dollar raspberry pi 3 model b plus what's the b plus mean uh more better 200 megahertz better plus it's better it's better (laughs) better uh okay so let's see here gigabit Still band sort AC. Of gigabit. Oh, we'll, sort of gigabit? We'll get to that. Oh, the, okay. the label says. So they have a gigabit NIC, but the interface of the NIC is USB 2. <laughs> so where, where it was previously a 10 100, or uh, sorry, a 100. Now it's, uh, now it's a yeah. 300. Yeah. So we're, really? So you, like, they, Maybe a 400. There's no 300 megabit standard, so they had to put a gigabit nick on there so it would negotiate at higher speeds but okay. it's still limited to the bus speed which okay but at least it's faster than 100 megabit yeah all right so we'll g- give it that give know. it 2.11 ac to we'll give it a b plus for effort <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> uh oh a fan uh I th- yeah that's the additional poe sort of hat add-on they have now which is Probably good for more remote installations. I think you could do that before with some accessories, but now there's sort of an official path to doing it. Okay, so it's looking like a uh, slight boost to the speed, slight boost to the network speed. It now does like it now does volt like uh, sorry dynamic clocking based on heat where it didn't before, so it can kind of edge up a little bit below 70C. It goes to 1.4, and then once it gets above that, it goes to 1.2 gigahertz. Hmm. They're getting a little more intelligent. They have a real sort of heat spreader on the SOC now. Whereas it used to just be the package before. Okay. Cool. They aren't charging anymore. You can get them now. Fun stuff. If you need a pie. That's the part I like about it. One. Yeah. It's an iterative upgrade, but they cost the exact same amount. So, hey, good on them. They're very good at doing that. Yes. Okay, uh, last up, uh, during the Open Compute Summit, Seagate showed off Helium-filled Exos X. 
Hard Drive. That's a good brand name. Uh, I guess. So this is the Exos X14, which it's is... It's got like a fighter jet on it. Oh, sorry. I should probably actually cut to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right there. <laughs> um, 14, That's a lawn dart. What are you talking about? 14 terabytes, um, 7,200 RPM drive, and it's um, PMR. In other words, just parallel magnetic recording, meaning it has regular sectors, not the shingled stuff, not the, you know, not shooting laser beam, freaking lasers at it. Like, you know, it's just doing your traditional kind of, you know, hard drive storage, but in a 14 terabyte drive. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's definitely pretty good. Do we have a price? No. It's enterprise tech. You don't get prices. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll, you know, it'll probably be roughly proportional in the cost per gig compared to the uh, yeah. smaller models. But it is a 72. Seagate really likes sticking with the 7200 RPM speeds. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, 14 if terabytes, if, man. If you look at the bottom of the article, uh, Tim also links to some stuff that they showed off at OCP. Like they were showing oh, actually the, the ha- hammer and drives and their multi actuator stuff. Well, we've, we'd seen hammer working, but mm-hmm. this, uh, this Mach 2 thing. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so there's basically, mm-hmm. there's, oh, what, then wow, that's shifted on me. Um, Lasers. No, no, that's. On the head. That's hammer. Well, no, that's, that's what it just looks like. Come on. Um, uh, it was actually the actuator scraping on the plate. But yeah. the. Oh, no. So, something uh, people don't usually realize about hard drives is that, you know, if you have something like crazy, like an eight disc hard drive, it's not going to go eight times the sequential speed of a single disc hard drive. Uh, and that's because even though you have eight heads and they're all reading you know they're all moving over the surfaces of or 16 heads over eight platters or whatever um it's only ever talking to one of them at a time and that's for a very specific reason and that's for tracking uh the tracking is so particular on on drives especially now the density is so high uh you can't read from all the heads at the same time because most of them are not actually aligned on the track properly um too many other things are changing Right, the the disc, the next the next disc down could be a fraction of a of a degree warmer or colder, which changes the you know makes the the disc slightly a different density, and then it expands or contracts, and suddenly it's not aligned. So uh, the only way really around that is to do something like this, where you have just two different head packs. So this way, the top pack would be tracking on whichever head was trying to read from any of those four platters or is it four? Yeah. Any of those four platters in this case. And then the bottom pack could be doing that as well, you know, with its own set of four. Um, seems pretty cool. Uh, it does add some complexity. It does add some, you know, how are you going to make this work with the system stuff? Right. Um, now I don't know how they actually, Oh, wow. There it goes. (laughs) It's awesome. Sweet. Hey, the see-through hard drives are coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Judging by the dust that I can see inside there, uh, that drive ain't actually working. Um, so they were talking about the dual actuator stuff as being sort of like a, a RAID 0 in a drive, right? Yeah, but it, it's... The thing is, how do you present it to the host, right? Yeah. 
So you could make it a RAID 0 within the drive and just make it so that the both actuators are always, like, you'd actually make it kind of boring. Both actuators would always look like they were generally in the same place, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the difference is that you'd get twice the throughput because you'd have, you know, one, one set of actuators would be on whichever track it was on at the same time that the one that, you know, the set below it would be on another track, track, and you would just interleave uh, the sectors, you know, between the, you'd keep bouncing between the top set and the bottom set. Um, you could do that, or you could present it to the host as just two separate hard drives. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Yeah. And then you can leave it up to the host if you wanted to do set up some kind of raid. But then you get, net, then it starts getting complicated because serial ATA, you know, that yeah, does, a, that, dri- does that a drive act like that? a port multiplier yeah. to get multiple SATA devices on one cable, which is a thing and can work, but then whatever you plug it into has to be compatible with that and has to work with that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So honestly, the easiest way to go with something like this would be the boring way. And that would be, yeah. you know, just keep both head packs doing roughly the same thing and just do a raid zero stripe just within the drive. Um, there's your heat assisted magnetic recording shooting freaking lasers at the disc. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they actually had a demo of this working uh, last CES. Um, they they made some claim about like customer like reliability specifications and how they were far and beyond like twenty times the spec. That that is a concern. Yeah. Uh, with this because of actually wearing out the media, mm-hmm. um, because you're heating up parts of the disc such a high temperature even though it's a tiny spot uh you can't just keep overwriting the same spot on the desk but i mean there's plenty of ways around that you can do wear leveling you can do things like that but it, it does make it more complicated um you know if you're if you're trying to make uh the simplest possible device and just you know at a low cost and whatnot but there's that exos x14 coming clear 14 terabytes man no, it doesn't come who, in clear. Who, who'd ever fill that up? Why do Facebook? we need such large hard drives? <laughs> well, not just that, but like this would be a, a more traditional hard drive, right? It's using, regular, five. it's using regular sectors, not shingled or any, anything crazy like that. So you could just pop this in your system and use it as a Steam game drive. Have you well, been- I was being sarcastic because <laughs> throughout my history... I've said, well, I'm going to get this 320 meg hard drive. My friend's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you going to fill that up? Fill that up. Yeah. You know, you could fit maybe five, six, seven Steam games on this, uh, <laughs> on this 14 <laughs> the terabyte way we're going. drive. Um, oh, yeah. And then they're just showing huge racks full of them now. Now they're just going huge crazy. Huge racks full of discs. Huge racks full of hard drives. All right. Well, cool. Um, what else we got here? Uh, I guess that is the, for the news, and it puts us into the picks of the week, which I need to stall while I open links. Stalling. 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 Let me close some links so I'm not moving the mouse across the screen so much. All right. Do, do, do. Yep, yep, yep. Ochre mix. It's never been my favorite color, but you know. Uh, of course, all you have multiple links, including myself. 
No, I don't. I got one link. Jeremy's being difficult. And so is Ken. Yeah. Jeremy's always difficult. So is Ken and so am I. We're all being difficult. That sounds about <sighs> Okay. Uh, so my pick is, uh, so if you like old video games, and honestly, who doesn't? Um, and you're, you know, actually trying to, like, get stuff done around your house, not playing old video games, but you want to still listen to old video games. Don't listen to, the like, the native music of video games. Like, listen to these guys that do these crazy remixes of all these old games. Specifically, ocremix.org. They're uh, still around. That's they're awesome. still around. And they're still pumping out. <laughs> nice. Not just pumping out individual tracks, but pumping out compilations uh, so there's the OC Remix Collections. No, no, I'm on, I'm <laughs> That's on. what I'm going to put on that hard drive. That's what, yeah, there you go. So there's, a, you know, a 15 gig OC Remix Collection, uh, you know, track 1 to 3000. And then they, now they have the quarter 3 2017 update. So they haven't done those in a while. Um, or at least they haven't updated the compilation stuff in a while. But uh, let's see. Let me sort by added date here. So there you go. February 4th, uh, Secret of Mana, Resonance of a Pure Land. And then like, where was that? Um... Wait, wait. Is that a jazz tribute to Chrono Trigger? Scroll down. Click on that. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, uh, I just downloaded the torrent. Mm. Dang it. Well, um, gonna, you're going to need to send me that link after we're done here. It's just ocremix.org slash torrents, man. <laughs> uh, I like this. did a mirror image, a link to the past remixed. Um, these guys have done some amazing stuff in the past. They have a f- Final Fantasy VII Voices of the Livestream is phenomenal. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dude, and so most of these are like, they'll usually be a compilation, like they'll kind of like, okay, we want to do all the tracks from this game or whatever, and a bunch of these guys that do these remixes will all come together and everybody will, they'll kind of like piecemeal it out to everybody. And, you know, everybody will have their own spin on it. So not only do you have the game soundtrack, but you have each of the different tracks of the game, which... Within a game, usually all the different sounds have a kind of like a similar sound to them. This diversifies it, right? Because you have the everybody's kind of bringing their own style to the different, um, you know, the different tracks of the game, and different, uh, you know, different levels like soundtracks or, or whatnot. But there's just a crapload of torrents here, like Mega Man, Mega Man Nine, like you know, Legend of Zelda: Link the Awakening, Threshold of a Dream. Like there's just every I'm one of these country. And not only that, but, and of course, I'm just on the torrents page, so if I click these, all it does is download the, the torrent file. It's not like it doesn't open something up for you, but um, each one of these as a download, they're all, like, they all have album art. They all have, like, not just uh, MP3, but usually a FLAC or some form of lossless version is in there. <laughs> like, it's just, it's everything you could want in a particular disc, you know, to particular audio Lossless 8-bit chip tunes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, well, no, it's, but it's not the 8-bit thing. It's, the, it's you know, a remix. I know, but yeah. still just too funny. I mean, the, a lot of these are, I haven't listened to the ones like beyond the middle of last year uh, yet. I, I definitely want to listen to the uh, Link to the Past remixed one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just cool stuff and they're all free. And you know, there's no catch. There's no gotcha. It's just free, good retro game music. Just crap to listen to. All right, uh, ocremix.org. Next up, uh, Jeremy. Well, I was gonna 
talk about my reaction to Microsoft's new uh, end user license agreement, but I would probably use words that would get us banned permanently. So I decided to go with the weirdest looking freaking case I have seen in a long time uh, that they did a review over, uh, Hilbert did a review over at Guru 3D. And I can't decide if I like it or not. So you've got sort of four separate chambers. And yes, that is mirror finished plastic on it. Okay. That's well, not going to scratch you, or gather dust oh, at yeah. all. <laughs> well, you're probably going to put this somewhere where it's in view and not on the floor. Okay. But if you jump to the interior storage, I'm, you can sort of I'm see how it goes. There. There's 16 pages to this review. Okay. Yeah, uh, it knows the interior storage. Interior storage compartment? Yes. Whoa. There's all your drives. Are those three and a half inch plays? Uh, with an adapter so you can slip in an SSD. Holy crap. There's nine, three yeah. and a half inch drive bays just in one quadrant of this case. Yeah. And then you bounce to the next one. And oh, okay, okay. Well, here yeah. is your PCIe riser hold and on. your GPU. Hold on, hold on. I got bay. I had to go to the next. Ah. Okay, next bay. Needs its own page. Uh, okay. So you see the PCIe slot up there, eh? Right, 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 right. And the other two empty ones beside it. So you can have... So you can fit three GPUs in this. Well. All sequestered in their own little area. Okay, okay. So there's... there's Perfect for miners. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, next, interior... Yeah, you get sort of an idea of what you've got to remove to get the... Uh, actually, it's page nine, I think, that you get the better look at the... So how does... How the motherboard sort of goes in. Yeah, and the, the PSU gets its own little thing too. But the motherboard's going to be a little bit more confusing because I assume this is not a micro ATX. No, it slides sideways through the middle. Oh, huh. oh. right. So it's mounted on an angle. I see. Wow. So I'm, I'm looking at. I'm going. You know, this is really well engineered. It's really interesting, but. It's kind of weird. It's going to take a lot of effort to get assembled, and it's like 600 bucks. Yeah. So it reminds me of that uh, BMW one, in a way, but makes more sense than a strange wall with a bunch of compartments bolted to it. So I don't know. I, I, I saw this, and I'm like, damn, this is a unique case, and I honestly don't know if I like it or not, but I don't mind talking about it because it's But it's how to respect unique. it. It's got a window. Oh, yeah. Huh. You got to show off your RGBs. Of course. I mean, so yeah, if you're really into that sort of uh, high end case and you've got the money to do it, uh, this is going to make your system stand out. It's really cool. It's, it's very yeah. pricey. Uh, Quite unique. Definitely unique. Not the kind of case you would have tucked under your desk because no. it's way too wide for that, looks like. So you'd just be kicking the thing all the time. <laughs> Definitely scratching the high gloss uh, black plastic. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you had oh yeah, that's the oh it's yeah, just it's the, down to five hundred bucks. Oh, nice. Uh, but R- it's out of stock. No, oh, that's why. App controlled RGB lighting system. It has, yeah, it has it has RGBs. It's like it looks like it's got an app. Looks like four different color RGBs. You can have them, you know, whatever colors you want. Okay, uh, Josh, me. Uh-huh. You? Uh, so we've been getting these for work, 
and uh, they work pretty well. They're relatively inexpensive. They're on sale now for 66 bucks. 850 volt amp uh, battery backup from APC. It's got all the bells and whistles that you would expect from a modern plug-in backup battery. This one, uh, uh, this one looks different than the usual UPS, though. It just looks like a yeah. really tall power strip. Yeah, yeah, and so it actually kind of works a little bit nicer than the older ones that are the flat kind of brick ones that they stood this on the side. So, and, and you even get dual 2.4 amp uh, USB charge ports. I know. How exciting is that? Very. Yeah. So, so three surge ports and one, two, three, six battery backup. Oh, and, and they even look at those. There's three of them that if you have wall warts, yeah, they'll actually fit in the dang plugs. Yeah, no doubt. Eh? Someone actually thought about the design. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because you know you're going to have some for the PC and the monitor that are not going to be, you know, yeah. really wide. But then you get some more, and they're actually got some room. Hmm. Yeah. So nice little product, not terribly expensive. Yeah, I mean, you know, 60, 67 bucks for some peace of mind. Yeah. It's not bad. Worth it. Okie doke. Uh, what do we got next? Oh, Ken and his... Uh, Let yes. me just start this pick by saying PC Perspective is not liable for you or for any damage to you or your home and or apartment. Yeah. Just yeah. I want to get that out there. Frickin', frickin' lasers. Not Oh, see, so you get this bundled with that ozone generator thing you had. <laughs> No, that was my pick, uh, yeah. but I guess I'll be bringing that over to Ken's house now. I don't keep the sick at my house. I keep it at my buddy's house. Come oh, on. oh. Well, I'll bring I'll bring the ozone generator over to your yeah. buddy's house. You know, yeah. So, for the past couple of years on the internet, there has been in sort of the laser cutter communities has been this machine called called quote unquote the K forty, and it is. A China special laser cutter. It's a. It was actually made as a hobbyist laser for the Chinese market, which just kind of brings up all these red flags. Uh, <laughs> but people have imported them, and you can get them readily now on eBay for about three hundred fifty bucks. I used one of those twenty percent off eBay coupons that have, been, that have happened recently, so I got mine a little less than that. Uh, set this up a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, did you have? Do you have a picture of, of one of your products that you have oh, actually? He has tried. one of his products. Uh, Hold on, now install. I will talk install over a picture, a static picture of a web page while Ken runs across the office and uh, run Ken and gets a plank and gets a plank of wood and hands me a plank of wood, which I can't show you, fine people. Uh, because I'm working on it. I'm working on it because he's he's got a switch. All right. There you go. Yeah. This, Warning. This wood smells like laser cutting. This wood smells like, <laughs> like, like when I have just sawed some wood and, and accidentally burned it. But yes, uh, warning, laser in use. Yeah. There I don't you think go. that looks level. Nice. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, aligning the mirror is difficult. difficult part of this laser cutter. Yeah, it's a, if you want it to look like, you know, if I hold it like this, it'll look yeah. like... Uh, so they sell this as a 40-watt CO2 laser. All indications are that it's a little less than 40 watts. It's more like 30 but as it turns out, it's still enough to cut through, let's say, like eighth inch wood and acrylic. Uh, there are some mods you can do, adding like an air assist system that I'm going to do that can get you up to like, say, a quarter inch cutting through. Uh, that was engraved into into quarter inch, just sort of 
plywood that I was doing there. Yeah. Uh, you the first thing you do is upgrade all of the safety equipment, the ventilation, the wa- the water cooling pump because, because it's, it's, all it's a water cooled CO two laser tube, and it's just the air ventilation. I'm pretty sure would have killed us all. It just yeah. It took a fifty dollar trip to Ace Hardware to get all of the equipment. And like we bought a bathroom vent and sort of jerry rigged that on for the time being. It's been it's been a really fun project with me and my friends just kind of hanging out on a Sunday afternoon drinking beer and laser cutting what could go wrong. It's just, it's it's fascinating. I've done the whole 3D printing thing, so now I'm getting the laser cutting thing. Next, wait for cheap CNC recommendations from me, I guess. So if you're at all interested in this, there's the reddit.com slash r slash laser cutting has a wiki specifically about the K40 in their sidebar that will give a pretty good indication of what to expect from one of these machines potentially. But oh, yeah, for the pretty low entry point, it's been a lot of fun. And I I think... I'm going to have some cool, usable stuff out of this pretty soon. Any pictures on this wiki, or is it just a wall of text? Oh, it's it's a wall of text, but the nice thing is they have, like, the... So oh, this the settings up, and everything? Well, they have this, the, so this showed up on my doorstep. What do I do now? Step-by-step oh. <laughs> step sort of instructions. I like how it's like, go to the hardware store. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you scroll up... Uh, I scroll down a little bit, sorry. Basic safety. Zero to hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, kind of a fun hobbyist project. If oh, you, yeah. and if it's if a, you it any, is a big box. Yes, it's a very big box. Just, uh, yeah. I had issues getting it from the office to my house. We almost had to bust out the laser, cut a hole in Ken's car so it could fit in the <laughs> yeah, back. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I guess that's that. So, uh, pcpro.com slash podcast. PCPro.com slash, or, darn, darn it, uh, Twitter.com slash Ryan Trout. You should bug him right now and tell him next week he needs to be on the podcast. Yes. Yes. Tell him to come out of hiding and uh, and come back yeah, home. He's no Hugh Hefner yet. <laughs> uh, Twitter.com slash PCPer for the website. And, um, yeah. We'll have more stuff next week. I got some stuff going on. Ken's got some stuff going on. I think there's. Uh, yeah, let's see. Hold yeah. on. Let me look at the calendar. You have I think so April's can... going to be a busy month for some reason. Uh, you can say there will on? be a lot of news next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There will be and, there will be some yeah. reviews and some news about some upcoming stuff. It'll yep. be be a good week. And there will be some SSD stuff on uh, either end of next week. So at least some of it will be uh, on the next podcast. Uh, and then some more of it after the next podcast, but in the same week. Coming out. And SSD Assuming Ken finishes a rev- his review tonight. Uh, yeah. yeah. We got SSDs that we have our fingers crossed are going to beat uh, 960s from Samsung. So we'll see. Ah, we'll, we'll, nice. see if, we'll see if that can happen. Uh, fingers crossed. Okay, well, with that, um, I wish all of you a good week and uh, keep the drunks out of your house. Good night. Mm, Yeah. Good night. (laughs) Good night.